This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Previously on Of Mice and Men and Monsters. These halflings, we killed one and realized they were part metal, part man. This celestial just says life within death. It's a three, so I shrunk So you three shrink inches. three inches. What? I'm, I'm Herman. Hi. Only after Crusoe sees you, he's like, all right. And he gives you a wink, like, come on in. Crusoe, get that map ready. We want to see that thing when we get back. Did you even see me, Penny? I used all the spells that I had, and none of them worked. What's happening? Why are we hurting the dogs? Fartuck is never going to forgive me. I found you in the gutter, and that is where you're going to end up. We would have loved you! And then she strikes out again. Mm-hmm. His body just crumples over. Hey, thank you so much for taking care of Pip. Can I leave him in your good hands for a while? I think he needs someone tough and kind like you to look after him. Um, Penny awkwardly walks away and looks to the door where Awen and Bertram are standing. And so she shuffles over there. I'm ready to go. And then just walks out the door. up episode we are back on the island uh so it has been a couple days since you three arrived back onto the island and we're going to focus over here on the beach where we find awen alongside friar tuck and i know for sure tuck is barefoot digging his toes into the sand wiggling him around as the waves lap up on shore his dogs kind of lounging around him. What are you up to, Awen? Yeah, Awen is shirt off, pants rolled up, barefoot, hair, just silver hair flowing in the wind. All the braids are undone. <laughs> he is feeling free. Does he's he have any puka be... shells on or <laughs> no? Like no puka shells. <laughs> okay. But he's glad to be back in a safe location. And he's glad to be done kind of with the Fagan stuff. There's a lot of emotional turmoil going on within him. And there, there's been a lot of like, he's just tired. Mm-hmm. He's just tired. 
Yeah, Friartuck kind of leans down. You see he has uh, this makeshift cooler there. And he (laughs) grabs out just this ice-cold ale and leans over and hands you a bottle. Well, Eowyn, it hasn't been that long since uh, you've been here, but it feels like forever. You seem changed since I last saw you. Well, I guess a lot has happened since we saw we saw each other last. Um, yeah, yeah. If you would have told me this is where I would have been when I left my circle, uh, I don't think I would have believed you. I don't think I would have believed you. Too much has happened since then. And, uh, yeah, yeah. You ever find yourself, uh, want to go back? Anyone just looks down. Yeah, uh, every once in a while. And he looks down. Um, with like a sense of loss in his eyes. Mm. He doesn't, he doesn't really say anything else. Yeah, Tuck kind of lets that, you know, just rest for a moment. You know, kind of like a companionable silence. As he looks out to the, you know, the waves on there. And eventually... He takes this deep breath and slaps you on the back. You know, (laughs) I still have doubts every single day. I still wonder, you know, this, this, this circle that I'm working on, this circle that combines the city and, and, and the natural world where, where I came from, where I was raised in. Sometimes I wonder how I can combine the two. I mean, it just makes so much sense. Like, why, why wouldn't we have everything? Why wouldn't we have all of the things that we've learned combined with all the things that we know from nature? Why wouldn't we do that? It just seems right. Right? Because sometimes that allows it to get messier. I, I don't know if you've ever had that where... You call on something that you, you believed in for so long and it works. The next minute it doesn't. And you wonder if it's anything to do with the strength of your belief or your convictions. Or perhaps one side is weaker than the other and it's not worth forging the two. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I know a little bit about that. You, you know about all the. You know about all the missions and stuff that we do? Mm-hmm. You know about, you heard about Monte Cristo? Um, Cr- Crusoe filled us in, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there were some moments there when I, I tried. I, I, it just, I, stuff didn't work. I called and uh, everything I did messed up. Um, it felt. Well, to be completely frank, it felt shitty, and I don't know what to do about that. What were you calling on? I don't know. I mean, usually when when I usually when I go into combat, I have an inner energy that's drawn on by my connection to the earth, to my connection to the surroundings. Uh, but for some reason, seeing a vampire really. I don't know. It did something to me that I I don't really understand, and everything I did just went wrong. Mm. Uh, and 
I think my confidence is shaken. You know, <laughs> that's one of the best things that could be happening to you right now. I don't mean to sound insensitive. I, well, you do. The pain. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry for that. No, it's okay. But I can say this. It's the times when I have most doubted myself, most gone through this question of what do I believe in and why do I believe in it? Where do I draw it from? That has given me the most intense self-doubt. But then if I let it sit and wrestled with it, it had also <laughs> humbled me that maybe, maybe the self-doubt is just the fact that there's a lot I don't know, and that means there's a lot I get to find out, a lot I get to learn. Sometimes it just feels like I'm falling, you know, like in a pit, um, and there's nothing to stand on. Well, I don't know what to do with that. Um, I don't know. Maybe I just need to get okay with that. I don't know. Who are you standing with? Well, in the fight, we were, I was with Mr. Bertram and Penny and Crusoe, the son of a bitch. And, uh, who else was there? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Valentine was also there, but I mean, they they weren't fighting. So it was just the four of you guys that were fighting. And, you know, I don't know. It just seemed, it just seemed, I don't know. It seemed like in that moment, the connection was gone. I don't know if that was the people or it was my faith or it was some connection disruption, but it was gone. It might have been them. I don't know. I don't know. I was mad as hell. I'll tell you that. And how did you, how did you manage this anger afterwards? Well, I don't know if you would say that I managed it more than it managed me. Um, I pouted around and, well, I bullied my friend Penny a little bit and was kind of a jerk to Mr. Bertram and it wasn't, it wasn't great. All right. I'll be, I'll be completely honest with you. It's going to keep happening. If, if it sounds like your, your walk is similar to mine, especially since you are the type that didn't go on a mission trip just to return, but. You're on a mission trip constantly. Maybe, uh, maybe what's going to happen is that the view with which you have founded your world, in other words, your worldview, it's ever expanding. And that can feel thinner, right? That can feel like the ice is getting thinner below you and going to fall through. But instead, you're going to be able one day to look around and realize that You've just widened the ground for others to stand with you. You'll be able to reach out and hold on. I mean, it sounds real good. It doesn't feel real good right now, mm. but, um, I mean, like, <laughs> you're kind of the only one I got. I mean, it sounds kind of weird to say I've, I don't really know you that well, Tuck. Can I, can I call you Tuck? Of course you can. I mean, it's, it's just refreshing to be with another druid. I mean, look at us. We got our feet in the water. We got some, (laughs) some bruise and this is nice. And I really, I just appreciate your friendship and your, 
your guidance, really. I mean. You know, I think this is going to be the start of a beautiful friendship. He, uh, and he, he laughs. And then he, looking around, like the dogs, you know, kind of are circling and just enjoying themselves. And he's like, by the way, friend, did you happen to, uh, did you happen to light one of my doggies on fire recently? Listen, or I don't know. Listen, Bertram, Bertram was getting real fiery. In back at that last spot, and all I need to say, I listen. I don't know what happened. Stuff happened. Something went down. What's the deal with those dogs anyway? Are they real? Oh, they're Did real. They come they're back. Real. Yeah, we we <laughs> yeah we we uh we've been working on some special collars for them, but uh you know they, they poof back, but they still they still poof. got hurt. <laughs> yeah, they. I mean they they weren't dead, but they they weren't too happy. Uh. So anyways, that, you know, I, I don't speak, well, I don't speak good. dog. I don't go wolf wolf or anything like that. But, um, I could tell, uh, one of them was a bit singed and the others just were, were freaking out a bit. All right. Well, duly noted. I'll make sure that, uh, <laughs> I don't light them on fire anymore. Yeah. I mean, once again, they're going to poof uh, before they can die. So we, we have that insurance, but <laughs> you still kind of got to bandage them up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm sure they forget. They're dogs. They, they're, they're very loving. They're the best hounds. I mean, that's what I told Penny, but she didn't hear it. She wouldn't hear it. I got to oh, tell you. She well, wouldn't hear it. She wouldn't hear it. <laughs> well, I guess I'll have to talk to her later about that. Look, he clapped his hands together. I think what you and I could do is uh, continuing on with this. This, this training, you know, the continuing on with, with this research that I'm doing and, and me imparting it with you. And well, I got, I got a few things I'd love to impart with you today. Would you be cool with that? Hell yeah. Let's go. Okay. Tuck. Come on, Tuck. Yeah. I think maybe, maybe if you added a little bit to your repertoire, as it were, then repertoire, uh, baby. <laughs> you know, may, maybe uh, we could instill a bit more confidence that, that needs to be in there. But I, I got a couple things for you. First, first one I want to show you uh, is, is really helpful, especially if, if you are coming up against creatures and, and people that might take a hold on the psyche more. And uh, you, got, you got to think like, since we're down here by the, by the water, you got to think like the, the cuttlefish. You ever heard of the cuttlefish? Oh, I know the cuttlefish. Okay, yeah. You, you, it, it's fascinating, fascinating, right? Uh, just if you could hold them in place hypnotize them like you can uh you could keep yourself from from being distracted first as it were like you, it's a defense that's an offense and so you see him you know with just gesture he stands up in the in the sand and kind of gestures with his his bottle and a wide sweeping pattern and you see just these these beautiful colors of bright patterns flowing through the air and weaving within just this this small pattern in front of you and it just appears for a moment and then it vanishes um but you could see though something in it that draws in and before you have the chance to really register it it is gone that hypnotic pattern i'll show you how to do it but when you are up against someone say a vampire or something 
don't get yourself close until you're ready. Keep away if you have to, distract them, and then strike. So what he's giving you here is specific to your circle of civilization, um, and it's called a hypnotic pattern spell. Sick. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So don't get close until I'm ready to, to blast the mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Almost like that. If you are, you know, especially if you find yourself struggling or, or, you know, just to get up close and try to charm them that way. Instead, you can keep your distance until you're ready. Awesome. <laughs> this, this second one. Well, I'll just show you. And he takes his bottle cap and he kind of like flips it up in the air and it lands on the sand and he snaps. And this bottle cap sprouts little tiny arms and legs and stands up and it just skitters over to him um, and stands at attention. This, my friend, is a tiny servant. Oh, damn. That's like Mr. Game and Watch. I know. (laughs) It's pretty cool. These guys, now I only, uh, I've only tweaked with the spell long enough that I I can get it to last for about a minute. But you get one of these guys if it gets if it gets stronger i'm hoping that it'll last a whole day so you and i are going to have to work together on that maybe before you have to leave the island again but if we can get this tweaked just right we can have these little guys here any object you want i mean this is the great thing you have the outdoors pebbles but you have the indoors the city right anything there and uh rocks mm -hmm, grass hey leaf yes i like i like your i like your thinking bottle Mm-hmm. Now, now you just now now you're just tooth tooth. Yes. Oh, could it, wait. What? You tell me. Could it be wait. a tooth? Oh, like the shit, little I've molars. I've never thought of that. Like the I've never thought of that. Around. And you see him get excited. He's like, "Oh, that could be it." Okay. Well, we, we got some work to do. What but anyways. We <laughs> and so yeah, well, he's giving you the uh, the tiny servants spell. Okay. <laughs> This is amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. Aaron, you with the, the teeth. Of course. Why did I not see listen, that coming? Listen, you give a mouse a cookie, he's coming for them teeth next. <laughs> okay? Watch okay. out. <laughs> All right. One more thing. And he gestures to, um, you know, the shore. And he says, well... I know that you, you have this ability to wild shape. We, we both have this ability. But the cool thing about this island is sometimes there are creatures here that you can't find anywhere else, really. Please be It's dinosaur. something about this. <laughs> Please. <laughs> you want it to be a dinosaur. I'm not giving you a dinosaur yet. No. <laughs> Aaron. <laughs> be, a, be, a, be a velociraptor. Come on, Tuck. You can do it. <laughs> your your benevolent DM is not gifting you with okay, that just okay, yet. Okay, okay. We'll we'll get there. Uh, right, but you right. we're we're at level five. So everybody, we are we're skipping up two levels today. So everything we're doing in this episode is going up to level five. So hold your horses. All right. <laughs> Please, what, pterodactyl. What do, you, what do you mean? What kind of weird well, animals are you talking about? Well, okay. One thing I love doing out here is is fishing, right? And uh, seems weird for a druid. All right. You know, just joking with you, Tug. Come on. <laughs> I know, I know, but I'm I'm not a I'm not a good druid, as some might say. A jack uh, druid. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, Robin once once told me come out here at night. So her advice for not fishing was good, and I took it. I I dropped my little anchor. I was still all night. 
But there was one night, I, I say I was still, for I did not sleep a wink. For in two or three hours, I saw vast, great creatures, I don't even know what to call them, of many sorts. And they came down to the seashore, and they ran in the water, wallowing and washing themselves for the pleasure of cooling themselves. And, and they made such hideous gruntings and and. and I guess the best way I could put it is, is trumpetings and I, I never heard the lack and I had to come out. And so I've, I've been observing them and well, not too long from now, some of them start to come out on shore and they're, they're magnificent, but you can't just observe them and change into them. Okay. You have to, you basically have to grapple it. And stare it in the eyes for a good minute. And that All gives right. you its respect, and you get to earn the ability to transform into it. I've I've done it myself once, and it what? is quite how, a thrill. How, I mean, how big are these things, Tug? You you well, out there rappling with animals in nighttime by the ocean, by the water? Well, it helps uh, with a couple of tools I just gave you. You know, referencing okay. yeah. Good call. Good call. Get my little tooth buddy to hit him first. Oh, uh, I'm not talking about uh, what you go do what you want. Uh, we call him Big Tooth Daddy now. All right. BTD. Okay. BT dubs. Or, you know, <laughs> BTDs. Okay. Uh, but, well, why don't you see for yourself? And you hear, just like as if on cue, just this distant rumbling and coming over like the crest of this grassy knoll leading down to the sand dunes at the edge of the shore where you are, you see this magnificent creature as if it's, it's, like, a, it's like a moose on steroids. It, is, it has these huge, beautiful antlers on the top, but an extra pair of antlers coming out um, from its jawline. Like Dr. Seuss moose. <laughs> it's a Seuss moose. And, you know, probably he, altogether it stands about Nine feet tall. I mean, this is this is yes. quite a looker. Yes. Um, and it it barely pass the first one that comes over. It barely passes you a glance, as if like, eh, what is this? And it makes its way down to the shore and kind of tromps around, and kind of gesturing over to it, and lowering his voice and kind of hunkers down. Friar Tuck says, "That's it." Tuck. I know what? you might not care about this typically, but. It might be good for you Tuck. to try and exert the ability to earn what? this thing's respect. What the fuck, Tuck? I can't wrestle a nine-foot-tall fucking moose with double antler horns? I'm going to die. You're telling me that I can use the hypno, hypno pattern and I can get the moose and I can grapple him and look him in the eye and say, I'm the captain now? I mean, so, I'm down. If that's what you're telling me, I will try son, and look. Look, the the fear of danger is ten thousand times more terrifying than danger itself. That I think this is what you statistic, but it seems wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I I know it's not a specific number, but when we let fear overcome us, we forget what we're capable of. I believe you are more than capable of earning this thing's respect. All right. So, Aaron, what you are going to be doing, if you so, if you so accept, 
if you want to. <laughs> Definitely, I do. Absolutely, yes. I do. <laughs> um, you, yeah. So you are going to figure out a way to subdue this thing. Uh, so you okay. have spells um, at the ready. You have your wits, um, but really, this is going to be a thing where you can knock this thing prone, or you can subdue it in another way that you choose. Okay. Um, but you, yeah, you're you're not here to defeat it and kill it and hurt it. Uh, you right, you can, right. I mean. It's going to take a lot to hurt this thing, but yeah. Uh, so really what you are going to do is we don't need to roll initiative because you are going to take the first step. You know, you are going to initiate this. It's, it's completely ignoring you. Awen takes off his pants. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Friar Tuck nods in appreciation. Like, okay, okay. <laughs> He's like, hey, Tuck. You ever heard of Pass Without Trace? This is what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I cast Pass Without Trace. Okay. Um, but, like, I don't know if I want this to be canonical. Like, <laughs> like, I have to take, I have to be, like, almost naked to do Pass Without Trace. I, I this think is going to get us in trouble for sure. We're going to be like <laughs> deep in the Because if you ever somewhere. cast this spell with the others, are you going to, to ask naked. them to. You have to be. Do they have to be? No. We'll no, get no. there. One day no, you are going to so. cast this with Bertram and Penny, and we're going to find out. Okay, so you, you, you cast Pass Without Trace. Uh, Wait, do can, I, I, can I back up for a second? I want to I tell him something. Archdrude Waldo always used to say that, uh, well, when you're running buck naked in the woods, you're not, very, you're not very loud. When you got your clothes all rustling all over the place, you sound like a buffoon, like a baboon running through the jungle. All right, so you got to get butt cheek naked, all right? You got to okay. go balls out in the lumberyard. You know I'm going to enjoy huh? watching the footprints in the sand. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but all right, here we go. And he just starts running. He just starts running as fast as he can. Just okay. long silver hair flowing and butt crack out, you know? Oh, okay, so um, you... <laughs> and he's he's just booking it. He's just booking it up to this thing. Okay, this yeah. moose, Dr. Mm-hmm. Seuss moose. and. Uh, all right, uh, and and as he kind of gets within like thirty feet, mm-hmm. uh, he looks down at his hands, and he tries to remember what Tuck did to make that hypnotizing pattern, the hypnotic pattern, and he tries to do it. Okay. He kind of like practices the motions with his hands. Yeah, you can even say just you know you can even we can even recon this saying that you had you know your own montage of training as the sun was starting to begin to dip in the sky (laughs) music in the background you have a strip of you know of of part of your clothing's like now wrapped around your head head, you know (laughs) so yeah you would have you would have this at the ready awesome yeah i cast i cast hypnotic hypnotic pattern um in range of this moose beast Moose beast. Okay, so with this, um, you—that's a wisdom save. I think you would need the yeah. You would need the beast to do a wisdom saving. So DC fourteen wisdom save. Okay, let's check out what this was. Okay, eleven. Awesome. It's a fail. So now they are charmed, and while the creature and the creature is incapacitated and has a speed of zero. Okay. So okay. I, Awen just looks at the at the moose. Yes, 
Yeah, it is just, it is just this Zeus moose is just staring at the beautiful patterns that are floating in the sky right before its eyes. Awen comes down real gentle right next to the, to the, you said Zeus moose? Because that's a mm -hmm. sick name. Okay. I mean, Uh, we can start calling this thing a Zeus. There is a name for it, but no. (laughs) Okay, okay. I like Um, the Zeus moose. Let, let it be known. This is, this is the Zeus Zeus moose. moose. Yeah, great. So he, he bends down and kind of like squats down next to Zeus Moose right in front of its face, which is huge, I imagine, you know. Um, yeah, I don't think you're going to squat down. I think uh, unless you're like on right the, the hillside okay. next to it. <laughs> oh, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, he just kind of like pets the side of the Zeus Moose. Hey, buddy, it's all right. It's all right. Look it down here. Look it down here. And he moves the hypnotic pattern down low so that like he can kind of see into its eyes mm-hmm. uh, and he says look look at me all right now listen i'm gonna i'm gonna feel you with my eyes i think i don't really remember so so much about new acquisitions of this kind <sighs> And it, it, it does, it, it kind of, it's, its eyes at first dart back and forth between your own and this incandescent cube uh, that you've created in the space in front of it. But the more that you start to, you know, calm it and touch it, the more um, less, I guess you could say like the more it starts to focus in on you, like you have become the hypnotic pattern instead and so you have merged with it but it it begins to kind of struggle against it not in a way that it seems like its eyes are are freaking out and bloodshot but just like there is an inner will that is not used to this that does not know what to do with it it's kind of bucking against it Mm -hmm. and so i'm going to make another wisdom throw okay Oh, yeah, that would that would also miss it. I mean, I'm sure a seven is well below still. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, it, it's 14. still, yeah. So it, you see it struggle a bit, and then it stills. And now its eyes are completely locked on you. And the more that you look into it, um, the more that it relaxes into your hold. And you can just feel it, like, in a way that you haven't really allowed yourself in a long time to feel another living thing, another creature another creation uh, to meld with you in a way. And it's not just a matter of mastery in this moment. It's not just a matter of knowing the facts about this animal and knowing enough about its organic matter to replicate, but you also feel a kinship that you have almost forgotten in a while. And you feel that much less alone. Did I just imprint on this thing? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, it's now going to follow you for forever, and when you are ready one day, it will marry you. Yes, um, there we no. go. <laughs> um, awesome. And yeah, a minute passes, and it just it feels right. Do you stop it? Do you, how do you end this? How do you close this out? Yeah, I think um, there's a moment when it's uh, we're just kind of gazing, I guess, uh, and then sitting in like a tantric connection. Almost it sounds really strange, but Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a moment when Awen puts its hand on its like chest bone kind of mm-hmm. a thing and just holds it there for a while. 
and then looks up at the Zeus Moose eyes and uh, just nods his head and walks away. As you turn, it totally just headbutts the shit out of you. Oh! Uh, it just it headbutts you, and then like seeing you go down, um, it it kind of snorts and and lowers its head as a sign of just general like, yep, that's okay. You've <laughs> you, you have oh. uh, earned that right. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to roll some damage for you. But anyways, you yeah, you just get headbutted, what? and it just stalks off all quietly. I love it. So I have sent you in the chat, um, and if anybody's interested in this, you can look this up, but I can also put it onto uh, Twitter. But what we have here is a homebrew creature that's really cool. Um, it's called a bullvac. And it's just, yeah, I like Zeus Moose as well. <laughs> oh, this is wild looking. It it's is. Like a, it's like a buffalo moose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you, yeah, and it is. Like, it's a big boy. Did you get by that horn? Mm-hmm. Super hurt. Yep. Yeah, so I would say, yeah, in the head, you, you get knocked out and you come to and one of the dogs is like licking you in the face. <laughs> so you have, a when you have more spells at your disposal, you, you really have a, a new even homebrew beast in addition to the litany of beasts that you can turn into um, that you can call upon at any time. Awesome. And you also have a splitting migraine. I bet. Yes, I'm bloodied a little bit. <laughs> Thank you, Tuck. I uh, appreciate it. That was uh, a different kind of experience. Oh, you know, different experience, but very fun to watch. <laughs> I must say myself, you did great. You did great. I'm Russ Moore, your Dungeon Master from Dungeons & Dragons. We're a D&D 5th Edition actual play podcast, and we're four friends who just love Dungeons & Dragons. Adventure, collaborative storytelling, laughing, and just hanging out with friends. So you got you got the, the Aboleth that was chasing you? Yeah. I tried to use a book twice and failed. Yeah. At That's some okay. point... You did so much druiding. You did I so did. much druiding. Throughout Season 1, we play through the adventure module Rise of Tiamat from start to finish with some extra flavor thrown in the middle. I thought we were having a good I time. I thought it was a dungeon a crawl. Crying. I thought it was just a dungeon crawl. I mean, crawl. what's a dungeon crawl no. except a maze? It's a totally different uh, thing, and you yep. know it. And a lot less triggering. Exactly. <laughs> a lot less triggering. Frankly. Okay. Season two begins with new characters, new stories, and a whole lot more laughs. We're Dungeons and Dragons, and we hope you can join us every Wednesday for a new episode at dumbdragons.com and subscribe on your podcast app of choice. Until then, have a great week, and we'll talk soon. Friends, half-orcs, countrymen, lend me your pointy ears. Hey guys, it is me, your master teacher, Kate. And I am here around the halfway point to say, first of all, thank you so much for listening. We are stoked you're here. And I hope that you're enjoying the story so far. We are currently in the middle of one of our island adventures, kind of our interim mini adventures. And this one specifically is for Robinson Crusoe by Defoe. And uh, yeah, I not only am here to say thank you so much for listening, 
you are our lifeblood, my friends. <laughs> but I'm also here to invite you to reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter. Our handle is at Show. And that is something that I get to run, so you'll be talking to me, yours truly. You can also email us. Our email is omamamshow at gmail.com. And on both platforms, you can reach out just to say, hey, we're always happy for that. But you can also give us suggestions for future stories for us to cover, or even ideas, or even theories you might have of who's pulling the strings behind the spotted hand, or what other adventures are coming up next. Please tell me your ideas. (laughs) Uh, And then also, if you would do us a big favor, as we are a small, independent podcast, very garage band type of podcast. Uh, I would love it if you could go on to your listening platform of choice, for example, Apple uh, Podcasts, and if you would leave us a rating and review. A rating takes mere seconds for you to just press those stars, but it only takes about 30 seconds more to give us a quick shout out, just a simple sentence of saying why you're enjoying listening or why other people might be interested in this podcast as well. And by doing so, you help us reach even more people online. And thank you, thank you, thank you for those of you who've already done it. And we read them and they mean so much to us. Uh, So yes, please reach out. We love hearing from you. I would also love to take this moment to say we are excited that we're joining uh, Fable and Folly. It's it's a collection of fiction-based podcasts where people get to tell stories there. Some of them are D&D, some of them are um, horror, others gothic romance, still so many more to come. And I'm having a blast exploring and seeing just the wide breadth of creativity that is on there. But really check them out. It's fableandfolly.com. And we are proud and excited to be a part of a collective of so many wonderful voices telling amazing stories at the same time. All right, that's enough of me. Let's get back to the show. Not far from here, we come upon Bertram. Bertram, you are, when we come in, you, you are, you are not on the hills. You're not on the, you know, you're not like outside like Awen was. You're actually indoors and you are inside uh, a smithy, a forge, and uh, it's nice and warm and well lit in there. Um, and we see you sitting up on this workbench, kind of propped up. And from the waist down, there's actually nothing there. Um, your legs, they're gone. It's just you on this workbench. And in front of you, you see bent over her stuff and, and looking for just the right tools and prepping everything in front of her is Agatha. What are you doing? What are you doing on that bench? I am not even looking at Agatha. because You can't even see my face because I have this uh, book. And it basically looks like a journal, like kind of right in front of my face. And I'm using my quill with the golden feather that I usually cast to uh, hone my magic. But mm-hmm. it's also a working pen. And I am just quietly writing with beautiful 
let me reiterate, beautiful penmanship in calligraphy work that would bring tears to your eyes. But yes, I'm just writing and journaling in there to myself quietly. Ah, yes. It's good for me as a DM to, to remark, yes, you are proficient in calligraphy. Yes. I've got to <laughs> use it. Okay. So, yeah, you hear kind of the, the rustling through and, and getting everything ready. And finally it stills. And on the other side of this parchment, you hear Agatha clear her voice. <clears throat> so, how many inches was it? I said three inches. Okay. If you could please uh, attach back on to me that I lost uh, many, many weeks ago. Uh, but if you want to throw on another inch or two in there, you wouldn't hear a word from me. Now, was this enough, enough metal? And I'm gesturing nearby me to, uh, I've, I've given her some black right, metal yeah. that I obtained from Dr. Frankenstein's office as mm-hmm. we were fleeing and running out as things were catching on fire and crumbling. I grabbed some metal and this, having to yeah, use it. This will be perfect. Uh, in fact, it's a good thing you grabbed the metal that was in his lab and in, in his workshop because that was the metal that I was very comfortable using before. So I think oh. as a blacksmith, I can, I can make do with this, but three inches with this much and, and nothing more. Sorry, oh. Bertram. I, All right. I'll just take my three inches back, please. And thank you. Sheesh. It's going to take me a while to, to light up the, the forges here. And if, if I'm going to do two, I, I can do two at once here. Um, so give me a, it might take a few minutes to, to light these on fire. I, no, 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 no. Yeah. I do, do not have time for that. Hold, just hold on one second. And I lay the book down on my chest and I raised my same quill and I cast fireball from it, which I have just learned. And not only that, as a sorcerer, I have what's known as uh, metamagic, and I have also learned the twin spell, which helps them branch off. So as I not cast Fireball, not only does it go into one of the forges, is that what you called them, a forge? Mm-hmm. It also branches off at the same time, and another fi- a second Fireball goes into the next forge. Wow. Oh, okay. Um, thank you, Bertram. That was... I should have you around more often here. You're uh, much more help than my brother and his girlfriend. So uh, thank you for that. Oh, not, she, a, not a problem. Not a problem. She immediately goes over to the bellows and prepares and sticks in the black metal and starts to shape it exactly and using the forms of your legs that you have you know disengaged that she has near her she's able to begin crafting exactly three inches longer (laughs) legs that would fit the shape and style that your current legs have and as she's doing that I, i go back to my writing and as i'm writing uh i pause for a moment and i ask Agatha, do, do you know how to spell scintillating? What are 
you writing, scintillating. The last time I saw that word, it was um, <laughs> it was it was a it was a bit of a, a, a steamy. Are, are you writing? I'm. D- are, are you? I'm sorry. A it's. I, I, this is this is kind of. Ro- well, I guess you could consider it a romance uh, with a dashing lead. I'm sorry. I'm trying to just come up with a word to describe my own courage and wit as I entered the the dear sister Margaret and Geneva, and as I fought off those beasts in in Doctor Frankenstein's cave. I, I I'm writing. I'm writing our story here and what we're doing, and I have a working title for it. First of all, it's called The Heroic Adventures of Mr. Bertram. Uh, it's a working title, but uh, with a dashing lead, as I said. But, but yeah, I thought that these adventures needed to be written down and remembered. Oh, you, you're chronicling. Uh, so you're starting kind of when you and I met. Exactly, exactly. The, oh. same, the, same, the very same day. So who or what is scintillating? Oh, as I said, I was trying to find a word to describe myself, Agatha. I, I'm trying to describe the heroism I had on display as I, as I took Awen under my wing and had to shield and protect young Penelope, uh, and as I saved everyone from that dastardly Dr. Frankenstein. But that's just the first entry of many entries, hopefully to come. Her her feathers kind of ruffle in in just entertainment and and mirth as she continues to, you know, use her hammer and and shape this this piece of black metal in front of her. And so her eyes, although they're not facing towards you, you can see that they are wrinkling in her in her feathery face uh, just as if she's holding something in and one second passes two seconds pass five seconds pass and all of a sudden she just bursts out laughing Bertram you you are the you're you're scintillating in that you're shiny but I (laughs) I I don't I don't is is this how you view it it's just how I remember the events and how they unfolded. Everyone has their perspective, but not everyone's going to write their own story. And history so... will remember. <laughs> no, no, <never> mind. <laughs> no, I, I, I get it. I mean, I, I, I find that. F- Were you literary before this? Have you published or written anything else? Now, I've never tried my own hand at it before, but when I was at my, with the Featherfoot family, there were many quiet days, sometimes years, where I had nothing to do but walk about the manor, sit and read from their enormous library. So I've, men, I've, I've read many books, but never, never tried to write one my own. So this is, this is your first go. This is your beginning. I'm, I'm trying. I'll, I'll, I'll be open to notes at one point once I have a, a draft finished. Oh, well, be careful when you ask for notes. Just know that if you truly want people to be honest, it might not be things you want to hear. I remember 
when I got started with all this and she, you know, pauses and gestures a wing uh, towards the room around her and you can see different projects that she's been working on, projects that would be more for the green hoods, you know, armor, simple weapons, but also small machinations that you really hadn't paid attention to when you came in, especially a, a collection of what could only be described as abstract art, these sculptures that are in the corner, sculptures that are both venuous and cubic at the same time, weaving together some as small as maybe a pencil and others as tall as the ceiling. They're they're clay sculptures? They're not out of metal? No, they're metal. Oh, they're metal sculptures. They're metal sculptures. Mm -hmm. It's like, really, that's... I know we're kind of in war or at war right now. Uh, You know, this is what brings us together to opposing sides to really a a whole framework with which to view the world and and people's individual ability to tell stories. But if I had my druthers, that's what I would want to work on. And trust me, when I first started and I openly asked for criticism, People freely gave it, but you know, it, and and now it's only a couple of years later that I see, yeah, some some of those pieces at the very beginning, woof. You know, I tried working with and and old pickaxe pickaxes. I I made use of iron crows, but none of those were proper enough. It, they were all unwieldy, heavy, perfect for what I'm doing here, like like with you. So I tried remaking shovels, reusing spades. I couldn't get a lot of my own stuff, so I had to reuse a lot of materials, as it were, that that people gave me, that people threw out. Um, I I saw beauty in in remaking things that others considered done with. Hmm. And I hope that one day I'll get to not have to use what I find, but choose to. Anyways, just be prepared for people to tell you it's a piece of shit at first and then work with it. Well, I think you and I both know that just comes from a place of jealousy and nothing more. So we need to just ignore the haters. Am I right, Agatha? I say ask people who you respect their own. Ask people who you would respect them in their own craft. Hmm. Well, I do. Well, that's why I came here, Agatha. I do admire your craftsmanship and I... I admire the work you're doing now and the work I, that I'm seeing. And that's why I came here for one job, but now I want to ask you if I could give you another. Oh, I'm listening. Now, can, can this stay between you and I? Because if Penelope or Awen heard word of this, I would not hear the end of it. At that moment, uh, you, you see <laughs> Felix walks in. Safey's gone. I, I can't find where Safey went. She's she's not accepting all the roses that I'm giving her anymore. What should I? And immediately, Agatha pauses. Felix, stop with the fucking flowers, and get out. I'm in the middle of something. Also, I love you. I love you too. And he just rushes out. Bye, Bertram. Oh yes. Yeah, so g- goodbye, good fellow. Hang on a sec. And she walks over to the door and closes it. If you need me to keep something secret, 
I will, as, as, as long as it's not a secret that is going to be harmful it's nothing, to Penny or Awen. Nothing illegal, no, no harm will come to anyone. It's just something I've been wanting for a while, and I haven't known who to come to this with. And now seeing your work and how you treat your art and the things that you create with beauty, I think that you might be the perfect person for this. Okay. I'm... I'm looking for someone to make me a warforged companion. Oh. I know that might sound weird. It might seem strange. I'm sure that you certainly have ideas in your head. I, I, I mean, no, that would have been weird if, if you used a different word like companion, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm more flabbergasted. Also, that's a great word if you want to use that in your novel, but uh, that's, that's a big project. Not that I wouldn't be up to it, but that that's a lot to trust me with and you're saying that you you would be willing to have me do such a thing i know that there's there's a lot of work that goes into constructing one and building one and i know that you're you work with metal and to build a warforge you need magic maybe the magic of an artificer or a wizard a, a sorcerer something like that but i think this could be a good first step and before we continue, I just want to know if this job, this challenge, autistic challenge, interests you. She finishes, you know, the, she finishes one more hit, kind of turning it over. She walks over with the one longer leg now intact in front of you and says, Oh, Bertram, I'm more than up for this challenge. But I don't have magic. I'm, I'm just a blacksmith. That's all right. Let me, let me worry about that. I'll, I'll worry about the next step. But the first right. step is that I need a shell. And if I bring you enough metal, and if I bring you measurements and references, could this be shaped to look like anyone? If you give me actual solid references and measurements yes i I can do pretty much any shape that you'd want uh i just need more to go off of than than words do you all right all right no say say no more say no more let's okay oh okay i I just wanted to know and you don't want you don't want penny or awen to know this that i'm building a fellow robot buddy that's how they would see it or they would mock me or they would uh, call that thing a bio, uh, they would call that thing a pile of bolts or something like that of that sort. Do they call you that? Uh, not to my face. They've called me many things. Many insulting things. How, how They called how you... me Bertie Bot. Bertie Boy. Can you believe being called such a thing? Do you, do you not, you don't like being called that? I like Bertram or Mr. Bertram, sir. 
But Birdie Baby Bot Boy, no, I don't like that, even though it rolls off the tongue. It, it, it does. Sometimes, sometimes when we have friends, they like to use terminology that, well, the more intimate you get, the more perhaps to an outsider it might seem insulting. But if it crosses any kind of boundary, you just tell them. I don't think they're strong enough for hard conversations like that. You haven't had any hard conversations with your teammates? I've tried, but I always come off looking like the bad guy, the bearer of bad news. But (sighs) I'm sure that once this job is done, there'll be no hiding it. And I certainly don't want to hide things from my friends. But I'm just saying for now, until later. Okay, you have my word. I won't say anything to Awen or Penny. And nodding at her agreement, Bertram pulls into, pulls into his bag, uh, or reaches into his bag and pulls out uh, the last piece of metal that he has currently right now. And it was the metal from that uh, celestial monster that wa- we killed in Dr. Frankenstein's uh, kind of maze. Okay. And uh, as I tap on it, I'm, uh, I don't realize, but I'm tapping on the phrase that was written on it that said, life within death. Is this part of the metal that you want me to use? The first of, first of many. All right. And she gingerly takes it and, and puts it to the side, like on a, on a side of just a far table that has been cleared away. Well, let's uh, get your first longer leg on. And as she gets to work, uh, she you know pulls down a pair of spectacles that have different levels of magnification on it. She gets out you know several tools for connection. And as she begins to reattach this leg, she pauses. Bertram, do you have do you have blood that runs through? What what is this red stuff? Blood. Yeah, I'm I'm reconnecting some of the tubing in here and I'm watching it run down just to make sure that it is functional. G- can you wiggle your toes for me by the way? And I do. Mhm. Yeah, it, it's connecting, but what I'm seeing run through this, it's it's red it, it, it's blood. I didn't realize that a warforged so, I, I, I didn't know that you had blood blood. I'm sorry. I, d- I didn't know that you would be able to see that with a naked eye. Well, no. I mean, I got magnifying glasses on, uh, and I also am right true, here true. in what is your crotch. So, you know, kind of seeing well, everything. Eyes up here. All right. I know. Look, nobody knows that I have blood running through me. That's not... Something that an average warforged would have. No, uh, I've I've worked with a couple. I've had that pleasure, but do you know Agatha, where a sorcerer gets their power from? Where they get their magic? Honestly, no. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't. 
This isn't true of all sorcerers. It could be a few reasons why they have magic, but the most common is the magic is in their bloodline. And... Hmm. Let's just say it was a gift, a parting gift from my former employer. That is a huge gift. Is this... Forgive me if I'm overstepping here, but is this their blood? Yes, the Featherfoot family was a family of sorcerers. And... As I said, it was the last gift that was given to me by that family. Well, I can say whoever gave you this gift, they looked at you as family as well. Bertram has no idea of how to even begin responding to that kind of throwaway comment. That hits yeah. him really hard, and that, that smacks him right in the head. So mm-hmm. I think as a way of, like, disengaging, he just says, um, so please, please do be careful down there. It's precious material. And he just lifts the, the, the journal back up and begins writing, writing down his stories again. You have a beat of silence, ruffle of feathers few footsteps tentatively towards you and then decidedly away and then the sound of the mallet on heated metal begins once again I'm going to have us uh, focus, shift focus out of the smithy and kind of just on the, on, on a hillside, I would say, on another part of the island. Uh, we find you, Penny, here with Crusoe on a walk. Ooh. <laughs> I got to ask, before we even jump to this scene, Kimmy, what what does Penny look like now? I I think also those listening would want to know that too. I mean, you you have been through <laughs> a lot, and your appearance is tied into that too. And the last time you saw Crusoe, you had you you looked like uh, Penelope Laroche Vanderhoot, you know the the version of you that we have seen this entire time. Um, but you were fuchsia, all almost all the way up to your elbows. And the fuchsia now is gone, for sure. But I, I, what form are you? What, what do you look like? Pe- Penny looks different in the same way that when you know so you first met someone when they were 11 and then you see them again when they're 18, that, or like 17. It looks like them, but, but also it looks different. Penny's hair is longer and kind of like choppy and sticking up in different directions. Think very like early aughts. I hate making this reference and I'm so sorry, but think like Chloe from Smallville. I apologize. Um, but just like that very like chin length. I just can't think of anyone else. I mean, Carrie Ann Moss. I don't know. Like that very late 90s, early aughts, like very short in the sense that like it, it's longer than it was, but still kind of sticks out everywhere and she doesn't know how to do it. Um, her features, she still looks like Penny, but her features are slightly longer and her skin is slightly paler. Um, and she does have a streak of fuchsia in her hair, not out of 
dislike or out of like lack of control I think it's more she just thought it looked cool and didn't feel like fully getting rid of it it's a part of her now a little bit um so yeah she looks like Penny but also not if that makes sense Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so you guys are walking side by side and he kind of bumps you in the shoulder bumping back but maybe a little too strong she's not good at this he falls off the cliff no um (laughs) 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 with that crusoe is dead no i wouldn't do that uh yeah so Mm -hmm. he he chuckles (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. uh i i know you guys were in we're in the city did did you go get your hair done or something i mean you, you i know most of the time we were in this dank prison and i didn't really get to see but I think you didn't have that fuchsia in your hair. I think I remember I saw fuchsia on your hands. But Oh, this? Oh, uh, I mean, do you like it? Uh, I just thought I'd try something different. You know, was at home. Could see my barber. <laughs> of course I like it, but I mean, who cares if I like it? If you, if you like it, that's, that's what matters. <laughs> cool, whatever. <laughs> so what have you guys been up to? The past couple of days, like before you got back, where did that circle take you? You know, went home, saw friends, had tea, killed my father figure. You know, just like typical homecoming stuff, you know? Whoa, 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 uh, it whoa, was pretty normal. Well, <laughs> hang on. <laughs> killed your father figure. It, I mean. It's okay. He it, was bad. So it's all fine. It all worked out fine. You did? I mean, you yeah. want to talk if about I it at all? C- if I keep saying it, I'm, I know it will. So, um, no, it sucked. It was bad. The whole thing was bad, but it was good. Uh, does that make sense? When something is both bad and both, I don't know if this makes sense. It, we went home and I didn't want to. I didn't want to go home at all. Home was bad. I ran away from home. My home was really bad. Unhealthy for sure. But Basically, the reasons it was unhealthy for me, it was also unhealthy for, for a lot of kids. And that, we, that can't stand, right? So we had to go back. And the guy who was like my father figure and adopted me and raised me and was like super mean to me all the time, but also nice to me in a very confusing way, was doing that to other kids. Um, and then found out it was probably going to kill him. So it, it wasn't fun. I didn't enjoy it. But I, I did what had to be done. Sorry, I can't. Adam is like laughing so hard. <laughs> you guys are having some light conversation on your first day. Well, I don't know how else we could have talked about this, to be honest. And I just, yep. <laughs> <laughs> this is Penny on first date. She gets real. Well, I, this is how I'm seeing this is that Penny has no idea how to feel about what just happened to her. It was this huge thing and she's very confused because she feels relieved and then she feels kind of sad, but why would she feel sad? He was bad. And so she doesn't know how to feel it. So it's all just sort of going to be on the surface for her because the deep stuff too confusing. Yeah. He just absorbs what you said and kind of nods. Yeah. How was your weekend? (laughs) (laughs) I'm 
I'm I'm laughing as both right now. I mean, I can't. I, I'm laughing right. as both your DM and are, and and the guy that you are on a date with. Are you getting how I was when I was dating in my early twenties? Because this is also the manic energy. With this is realistic to my first dates as well. <laughs> Penny is a manic pixie dream girl, but also with, with but mainly issues. just manic, deeper seated issues. <laughs> Well, it's, I, I thought it was a tough one. Came back, uh, good God, not, not too, a little worse for wear, but it sounds like it was a whole lot, a whole lot easier than yours. Uh, we, I, I honestly just in between healing up and I don't know, healing up and, and helping out around here. I've, I've been with, I've been with mom and, and, and Marion and working on trying to figure out this freaking artifact so oh have you figured anything out i i figure it feels like we're getting close and then it feels it's a dead end and we also got word yesterday from you know our our own research and development person basically the one guy is helping us behind the scenes and sounds like too just those bastards in the spotted hand are starting to launch some big stuff. I mean, I don't know, Penny. It just, I'm sorry if this is a shitty first date. I, I, <laughs> I, I wanted to spend time with you, but. Mm-hmm. Wait, date? My mind, Did you just say date? That's, y- yeah. When, when I said, hey, do you want to spend time together and get to know one another? I, sorry. Uh. I, I, no, it's fine. It's just uh, you never said date, and sometimes the word needs to be said for one to for one to oh, understand okay. what it is. Um, <laughs> guys always do that. They always say like want to hang out, and then they're like, she gets it, but she doesn't. She doesn't get it. Um, no, I mean that's cool though. This is fun. I just didn't. Cool. Okay. Cool. I'm I'm on board. You see like a slight tinge of pink in his in his just in his cheeks, like he actually looks a little embarrassed which looks kind of out of place on his face too mm-hmm. well and he just goes oh it's your turn to turn pink now <laughs> yeah and then she yeah, gets nervous is. so it works out fine <laughs> do you do you often turn pink i did for a while don't anymore hopefully i don't anymore i don't think i do anymore i probably would be right now so yeah i don't think i do anymore oh okay uh yeah um anyways just i'm sure i'm sure you guys will get filled in and all that but looks like the clock's ticking more than we had hoped and we're just trying to unlock what whatever the hell that is that i found and uh see what our next steps are if it if it gives us any kind of enlightenment on on what the hell we're doing here but uh anyways sorry, that that's, that's that's neither really here stressful. nor there i'm sorry thanks and uh really honestly what you went through is stressful too and i honestly barely remember my own father figure but i can say i hit the jackpot when i was found and raised up by by robin so i i hope that you're gonna get to just have full advantage of some found family that's here for you yeah, she's pretty cool. I'm I'm into it. I'm open to it. Yeah. Cool. 
hope yeah. you're and <laughs> no no oh well, well first date first date first <laughs> i know no this is me this is me as as kate being like i could go down that way but let's not be middle schoolers <laughs> yeah oh, <laughs> i'm not playing a middle right. schooler <laughs> okay. um no but penny just goes like crusoe you're you, i know we, we've only just met but you already hit me as like one of the smartest people i've ever met i think you'll be you'll figure this out don't this is gonna work out <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Other than Bertram. Bertram is the other smartest. Sorry. You can cut that out because no one could see Adam just <laughs> like gesturing to himself <laughs> while we record. <laughs> or keep it local color. You know, thanks, but no, I'm <laughs> when it comes down to it, I can do some pretty foolhardy, dumbassy things. But thanks. Just uh, that's the fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. I guess you could say street smart. I got plenty of those book smarts. I got some work to do. But anyways, what I really wanted to show you was this cool little area. And you, as you guys come around a bend, you just see this glade open up on really a part of the island that you hadn't been able to really discover. A part of the island that you haven't had the leisure time to go towards um, but it, it it's almost on the clear opposite side and you see this glade and tons of little animals are going around especially you see this little family of a creature that you have not seen before they are tiny like the size of your hand like you could hold it easily in your hand um, the smallest ones being just the size of your palm to the largest ones, probably the size of two hands width and covered in little spines. We, of course, as people would know exactly what these um, would be, but Penny has never seen one. And so uh, <laughs> uh, Crusoe kind of leans in and you're in front of him at this point and he whispers in your ear. Thought you might like them. They're called hedgehogs. Penny's eyes are just huge, and she just like immediately falls in love with. She can hear the little grunts they make. They kind of walk. I mean, she just loves the way they waddle. She loves the way their spikes sort of just like undulate as they move across the ground. Everything <laughs> about them. She just immediately doesn't re maybe realize it because again, Penny and her feelings, they're not friends. They don't they don't talk too much, but like she really immediately relates to this character, this uh, not this character. She immediately just relates to this animal. She doesn't know why, but she just absolutely relates and loves it. And so what would she do? I think she immediately just runs over to it um, or not runs. She she quickly but softly like pads over to it and then like looks like she wants to try to pick it up and then obviously realizes that she has no idea how because it's covered in spikes. Uh, so she just turns out around to Crusoe and she's like, what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> you see like he's just standing there, hands on his hips and just there's this admiring look in his eyes and he kind of shakes out of it. He's like, well, I, I wouldn't just grab him like that. I, I think that was a good <laughs> indicator, but see if any of them come up to you. Just wait. All right. She just immediately plops down onto her belly, like hands, like 
like chin in hands just to get as far down as possible to get near them just to see if they'll come up to her. I think she'll also will reach back into her bag and pull out a little bit of food kind of and crumble it right in front of her in the hopes that they'll immediately run up. Yeah, so kind of in a meta way, Kimmy, you you chose to have the feet uh, at this level of a an animal companion, right? So yep, yes, what, what, what we're what we're looking at right now is a potential companion for you, little little hedgehog that you can <laughs> that you can. Pip could never be AC sixteen. What? Yeah. Hello, spikes. Yeah, this is beefy as fuck. Little beefy boy, I know. I had fun designing him, Um, but he, yeah, he cannot be. Pip cannot be replaced. But you, you are getting a companion here, so we're not replacing Pip. I'm assuming this hedgehog cannot dance, so this is not a replacement to Pip. Mm -hmm. But this is one of the hedgehogs. Yeah, kind of breaks off from the others, and it's really. I imagine it as the the size of just perfectly fitting into your palm if it were rolled up into a ball. And it slowly comes over to you tentatively, sniffing the air. And you lock eyes with it and it quickly rolls into a ball. And then peeks its head out a little bit, sniffing, seeing if you're going to do anything. And, and as you continue to lay there perfectly still, it ekes its way out bit by bit until it's finally level with you and boops you with its own nose. Ah, I love its little noses. Their little noses are so cute. <laughs> that's Penny. Penny. No, I'm kidding. That's Kimmy. But that's how I feel too. Their little noses are little buttons and they're so cute. Yeah. What do you do? This thing has booped you. What, what is- um, Penny cries. Not a lot. But just a couple of tears, Penny cries, <laughs> because this is a be- it's so pure and so wonderful. And there's not a lot of people and things she feels safe with. And she just immediately feels safe and like prote- both protective and safe with this little animal. So she cries uh, again, not like sobbing, but just like a tear or two um, quickly wipes it. So Crusoe can't see because she's tough. Um, and then she just puts a hand out in front of it and says, you want to come with me? Right, so it 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 kind of sniffs at your palm and climbs on a little unsteadily. Uh, and yeah, it it it's right there. It's in your hand. Penny immediately just like slowly stands up and backs up to Crusoe, and just looks at him and says, "I'm gonna name him Fezziwig." Fezziwig, ah. yes, yeah, another says, Charles Dickens a- reference. He's someone from where I'm from. He was nice. Everyone liked him. He had good Christmas parties. So I don't know. He just looks like a Fezziwig to me. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I, is, is your mouse going to be okay with this? Didn't you have like a little mouse friend? Penny looks a little sad, but also a little determined and goes, you know, I think someone needed him a little more than I did. Um, and the truth is we keep getting into more and more dangerous situations. And I, Pip wasn't really very well prepared to take care of himself or to be safe. So he's somewhere better. And by saying that, I'm not, that's not my like, he's gone to a farm. He's with some, he's with a kid we helped out back home. Oh, so, okay. You, you gave him to someone. Yeah. Someone needed him more than me. 
So he'll be happy. Now you have this little Mr. Fezziwig. Mr. Fezziwig. Ooh, he's a gentleman. Oh, yeah. We need to get him like a little top hat. On her shoulder. Oh, (laughs) do you think I could get one of those? Do they make them? Who do I talk to about that? Nah. Could I get him a hood? Do you think they'd give him a hood? Could he be... Penny is <laughs> slow down. Penny is like fully sincere at this moment. He's like slow down, and he puts about two hands like on each shoulder, like um, and he's like slow down. I'm, I'm sure we could do that. We'll talk to Hugh about designing something for this little guy. He'll serve. I know he'll give it his all. It's going to be great, right, Fezziwig? It just it does it's you know it's it just nestles in yeah it bl- it, it blinks right. at you. I'm I am not going to speak. Fezziwig is not a familiar so let it be known you your dm will not be speaking as fezzy week <laughs> right I'm it's still just an animal this was the time <laughs> but i mean he blinked and then penny takes that blinking as complete complicit understanding <laughs> okay. penny turns back song. to crusoe and just goes thank you so much this was really meaningful i needed this you know it, it was just a, a hunch and i i love to come here and see these guys and I don't know something about it reminded me of you thought you might like it Betty so. just smiles and says keep following those hunches and then just starts walking <laughs> so yeah you you two walk together and I, I would say like it's just a nice quiet time and the two of you settle into a companionable silence and the two of you go about the whole island you enjoy some quiet time alone together and when wandering more to the west point of the island than you have ever done yet, and you look out to sea, you think you see a boat upon the sea at a great distance. And squinting your eyes, you see that it's a very familiar boat, and it's coming towards the shore where you are. It's the Pequod. So do you stay up here, or do you go down towards the shore? What do you choose to do? Penny, just, uh, Penny looks at Crusoe and just says, like, we can go in a minute. But I just, I don't want this to end immediately. This has been nice. Do we have to, do we have to go? Like, I, 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 yeah. I, wherever you are right now, I'm, I'm happy to be there. Cool. Let's just hang out for a minute. We can get there in a sec. They have to unload and stuff, right? It takes forever. We don't have to be there for that. And it, it, he starts to kind of like settle down on the grass beside you. But then you hear this voice from the distance. Penny? Penny? Is that? You up there? And you, you hear the familiar goofy voice of, of Herman just echoing up the bluffs. Penny immediately eyes wide and goes, I forgot about Herman. And then just turns to Crusoe and says, do you want to meet? Do you, have you met Herman? Have you talked to Herman? What is, what is, what is Herman? What is Herman? Herman's the nicest boat on all these on all the seven oceans. You got to meet Herman and then just grabs his hand and starts running down the hill. Yeah. Okay, the two of you run down the hill and you make it there. And you see no, the, the boat isn't docking, it's not unloading. It's just Herman. Um now who has like this ability to kind of like move around. He's like, "Isn't this Isn't this cool, Penny? I I can while I'm here on the island, I can skirt around. I can go on my own. It's pretty cool." Wow, Herman! Just right How's here, that just feel in the to shallows. Have all that independence. I know I can swim in the shallows. It's it's pretty cool. Um, Good for you. Yeah, listen. Um, I I heard it from Marion, who told me that Robin says that 
well, they need they need you guys to come on in. They they're almost to a breakthrough with the with with the page. Uh, we we just need you back in main camp. You think you guys can? Uh, you want to hop on and I can get us over? Penny looks at Crystal a little sad and then goes, "Yeah, sure. Yeah, we can get there." And then she just hops right on to Herman. Oh, who's this, Penny? This is Crusoe. Crusoe, this is the nicest boat in the world. This is Herman. Oh, I, I wasn't, I wasn't uh, in the middle of a... I wasn't in the middle of a date or anything, was I? You was were. I? Isn't that crazy? I didn't, re- oh! I didn't realize so halfway through myself. I've never been on a date, but that sounds fun. Ooh. Well, you're welcome on this one, Penny says blithely, not realizing how that might affect Crusoe. <laughs> Crusoe's just rubbing the back of his head and chuckling. <laughs> this, this is a this is an this awesome. This is the only boat. way that this would work with Penny is if he finds these things funny. Yeah, he, he's definitely. Otherwise, just this like... is not going to work out. <laughs> Must love boats. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Penny's just scratching the top of, the, of Herman's with the the shape of the head. <laughs> okay, uh, so the three of you. Well, if I include Fezziwig, the four of you. Head off back to main camp. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. If you love actual plays D&D, Hades, or Greek mythology and improv, be sure to check out Rogue Runners Volume 1 in the Blood to follow the adventures of Alexander the Great, King of Macedon, and Drunk Paladin. Oh, sorry. I guess now I'm... Alexander the Grump. Rolf, part-time sorcerer, full-time boomer. Is it a sex thing? It was a sex thing! Arete, stealthy rogue and even thirstier mobster. Mm, Have you bathed and brought to my tent? And Annie, legendary bard and chocolate milk fanatic. Together, these four wretched shades will battle their way out of hell for another chance at life, with a little help and hindrance from gods and monsters alike. Word of advice when you're opening up these things, you're supposed to say, Olympus, I accept this message, in some really serious voice. Take your place among the living again. Your tactics are adept, if too elegant for my tastes. My dear, saying no is never a crime. You hit like a Philistine. You're not getting out of here alive, wretches. A pinky promise? A double pinky promise. When you die, you'll have to tell me all about it. Rogue Runners, an actual play audio drama made during the pandemic, all while maintaining proper social distancing. And I'll follow at a six-foot distance. How about a five-foot distance for D&D purposes? Sure. (laughs) Okay. Ah!